The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. Ripped from the headlines in Guam, word that the Biden administration has cut the important compact impact aid to Guam. At a time when post-pandemic Guam is trying to survive the new normal, a huge policy and cash hit. That is the focus of this episode of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DiMatato. You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean Gumatatao. The podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends at Get LLC. This consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm serves government and private sector organizations in Micronesia. Need help on developing a business plan? Need guidance on energy-efficient upgrades for your workplace? Ask Get LLC. They can be found on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners checking out the podcast in Honolulu in Hawaii. Excited to greet those new listeners in Louisville, Kentucky. Thanks for listening. And can't forget the listeners right here at home in the village of Barragata, Guam. Half a day to you all. The format of That's It, That's All is pretty straightforward. Let the podcast take you from one end of the island of Guam to the other. By the time you get to the other side, it's all complete. Remember to download the podcast ahead of that next bike ride before you start that shift on your laptop or your desktop computers or right ahead of your planned road trips. Thank you to our friends at RedCircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Amazon Music. That's It, That's All can also be heard on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. Also, the podcast is a part of the KUAM Podcast Network, Micronesia's leader in award-winning broadcast news and information, and the multimedia home of original programming originating from the island of Guam to include That's It, That's All. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All wherever you get your podcasts today. 100 days in and yet another serious blow to the second term agenda of Guam Governor Lou Leon Guerrero. Word on a decision by the White House on one of the most significant federal policies for the Pacific Territories and the state of Hawaii has been trickling across the Pacific that the Biden administration has cut compact impact funding. The losses locally, if this is in fact the direction of President Joe Biden and his Interior Secretary Deb Haaland, the impact is estimated somewhere between $20 million and $30 million in fiscal year 2024 that had been used to offset the costs of hosting approximately 19,000 migrants from the Federated States of Micronesia, Republics of Palau, and the Marshall Islands via the Compacts of Free Association between these island nations and the United States of America. Other related programs could be impacted as well. If you didn't know, the agreement has been in place for 40 years. The second iteration, or the amended compact, was signed back in 2003. A compact review agreement between the U.S. and the Republic of Palau was extended to September of 2024. 
On March 9, 2023, the U.S. Department of Interior's Office of Insular Affairs put out a press release regarding their $537 million budget. The release quotes Assistant Secretary of the Interior for Insular and International Affairs, Carmen Cantor, that, quote, the 2024 budget request makes critical targeted investments in the American people and in the territories that will promote greater prosperity and economic growth for decades to come. For the insular areas, the budget will provide for investments in infrastructure, energy resiliency and security, and promote racial justice and equity in underserved communities, allowing Interior to fulfill its responsibilities in the Pacific and the Caribbean. Close quote. OIA takes it a step further, highlighting the importance of the Compacts of Free Association by mentioning the financial assistance provided under the Compacts of Free Association is scheduled to end after FY 2023 for the FSM and the RMI and after FY 2024 for Palau. Insular Affairs wrote that the administration supports renewing the funding of our Compact of Free Association relationships. Quote, Continuing decisions established in the FY 2023 budget, the 2024 budget proposal seeks $6.5 billion in economic assistance over 20 years to be provided through a mandatory appropriation at the Department of State and language calling for continued implementation of the compacts at the Department of the Interior. Close quote. Interior also noted support for compact migrants to include the drop in federal assistance to this group of citizens. The Pacific Daily News in Guam reported on April 25, 2023, that the OIA, which has oversight of the territories, said the reason for ending the funding is to work towards allowing the FAS migrants, quote, to become eligible for key federal social safety net programs while residing in the United States as a long-term solution to the financial impacts of compact citizens on state and territorial governments. Close quote. KYM News reported on April 24, 2023, that Guam Senator Frank Bloss Jr. was the first local policymaker to raise the concern, saying, quote, if this budget is approved as is, we're not going to get anything. We're not going to get the $12 million to the $16 million in reimbursement. We're not going to get to be eligible for about $6 million in discretionary funding. And God knows what else is not going to be a part of this as a result of not being able to mitigate the impacts of this migration. Close quote. In 2023, OIA was budgeted $30 million for federal compact impact aid. In the state of Hawaii, the news was not received well and pushed the state's congressional delegation into action. On April 11, 2023, the Honolulu Civil Beat reported that President Biden reportedly has endorsed legislation sponsored by Hawaii's congressional delegation to restore access to federal benefits for the tens of thousands of Micronesian migrants living in the U.S. legally under the compacts. Civil Beat reports that Biden's fiscal year 2024 budget for the U.S. Department of the Interior calls for passage of the Compact Impact Fairness Act which was first introduced in 2021 by U.S. Senator Maisie Hirono and Hawaii Congressman Ed Case, and then refiled in March on Capitol Hill. The federal measure would put migrants from the FSM Palau and the Marshals on the same footing as other legal residents in the U.S. 
after welfare reform in the 1990s stripped them of eligibility for programs such as food stamps, Medicaid, and Social Security. Congressman Case noted, quote, This is a good thing. It is a solid solution to a nagging problem that has held me and others back from fully endorsing the renegotiated compacts. Close quote. Civil Beat reporter Nick Rube wrote that Case has spent the past several years arguing that Hawaii and other Pacific Island territories should receive more compact impact aid. But he said restoring benefits to COFA migrants would have the same effect by eliminating the need for reimbursement altogether, which is what Biden's budget proposes. Congress already restored access to Medicaid in 2020, something that Case said eliminated half the problem. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. The Saipan Tribune reported on April 24, 2023, that the 72-hour workweek schedule for some CNMI executive branch employees will start and last until September 30, 2023, the end of fiscal year 2023. The office of the CNMI governor confirmed that the austerity measures will push through even if Governor Arnold Palacios has yet to sign into law a bill to revise the budget and appropriations law for the government's operations for fiscal year 2023. Under Palacios' directive, executive branch departments, offices, and activities will shut down every other Monday following April 24th. Those affected are employees who are under the executive branch whose personnel costs were funded in whole or in part by federal American Rescue Plan Act funds or local revenues. The cut does not affect emergency workers or those involved in health care, public safety, and emergency responders. Samoa News reported on April 23, 2023, that DOE has announced that all schools will be closed from April 24th to May 12, 2023, in the territory. According to an email obtained by the Pago Pago-based newspaper, Department of Education leaders are being asked to, quote, inform and work with respective school administrators and execute the virtual learning plan. The territory is currently responding to a measles outbreak. All school activities and events are suspended in American Samoa until further notice, and Department of Health teams are leading efforts to contain the spread of the disease. A bit closer to home, just want to jump back into the topic. I was federal policy advisor to then-Guam Governor Felix Camacho when the initial $12.5 million in compact impact aid was started in late 2003 under this important federal policy crafted by then-Guam Delegate and former Lieutenant Governor Madeline Berdalio. The amount really is a drop in the bucket as compact impact costs to the government of Guam is somewhere in the neighborhood of $150 million annually. We spent the time working closely with then-Delegate Berdalio, members of the U.S. Senate, and the George W. Bush White House to get H.R. 2522 into a joint resolution and later signed into public law 108-188, to include the much-needed reimbursements for the freely associated states' impacts. 
I spent much of that time with then White House Office of Intergovernmental Affairs Special Assistant Toby Burke, members of Congress, and the OIA staff to be sure that Guam could get the funds and put them right back into the programs to support the Camacho administration's efforts in compact impact. Meantime, Governor Camacho worked closely with then-Interior Secretary Gail Norton to begin the effort and later expanded the responsible use of the funds in collaboration with Secretaries Dirk Kempthorne and Ken Salazar. The federal policy was a huge boost. This even as local lawmakers, to include a Democratic majority, had worked so hard to block the Camacho administration's work on so many fronts to include an attempt to have the federal funds appropriated for their own pet projects. Looking back nearly 20 years later, this effort to secure the federal compact impact funds was not an easy road. Guam had no lobbyists. The most important lobbyist at that time was Governor Camacho. He was criticized by senators and the local media for flying back and forth from Guam to D.C. at that time to help Delegate Berdayu get this effort passed. It was something to see the head of our government taking the compact impact message to Capitol Hill with significant bipartisan support. Now, the biggest results from that effort currently sits in northern Guam. The results in the form of Atacal Elementary School, Ligon Elementary School, Astumbo Middle School, and Ukudu High School, four schools that are now the jewels of Micronesian education. Governor Camacho leveraged the compact impact funds to enter into a municipal lease with a private company to build and maintain the four schools for 20 years. That lease expires in the year 2024, a contract that has served this island well. A little-known factoid, and I want to give credit where credit is due, the mastermind behind the municipal lease for the schools, then chief of staff, the late Tony Sanchez. Now, the former administrator of the courts had come up with the idea one he had used to make a large technology acquisition for the judicial branch of the government of Guam. At first, we thought the idea was something crazy. This, as the Camacho administration was getting hit on many fronts, especially after the first year of trying to mitigate a financial crisis created after Super Typhoon Pong Sengwa and a disastrous year 2002. Again, fast forward. News of this zeroing out in recent months is not great for the territory. It actually is a two-part problem. The negotiations of the compacts is one, and the future of that implementation. The other is protecting the funding source to address FAS migration costs now and into the future. Now, federal funds from the recent pandemic are drying up. Business receipts in Guam are well below pre-pandemic numbers. The Democratic leadership is spending local funds like crazy. This lack of foresight and poor leadership will only compound the issues facing Guam in the next 12 to 18 months. The impact of the compacts is not getting any less. The newest policy mandate is only expected to complicate things on Capitol Hill and here in our part of the Pacific. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. 
They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. It is safe to say that today, the number one issue facing the Pacific region is survival. Survival of our physical islands in Micronesia and the greater Pacific. Survival of our quality of life, our livelihoods. Put that into your mind just a bit. For Guam and the rest of the Pacific, the pandemic was just one hit of many in recent years that make things that much more challenging to live in the region. Climate change and the rising sea levels have parts of Micronesia to include the Marshall Islands. In some cases, some areas there are now underwater. Funny how places like Guam and the rest of the islands in the Pacific, who contribute so less of the air quality issues that have led to global warming and rising sea levels, are now the first places on the planet to suffer the great consequences of the industrialization of the world that started in 1760 nearly 100 years before Guam entered the U.S. family following the Spanish-American War. Micronesia covers about 2.9 million square miles of the Earth's surface, of which less than one-half of 1%, which is about 26,000 square kilometers, is land. For such a large area, Micronesia, unsurprisingly, contains a great deal of variation in island geography and topography, terrestrial and marine habitats, and human cultural traditions. All of these are under threat today. At a time when resources are scarce, this compact impact loss is a huge blow to Guam and the other Pacific territories and the state of Hawaii. A critical opinion published in the Hill newspaper on March 28, 2023, by Michael Walsh. He is an affiliate of the Georgetown University School of Foreign Service. Walsh called on Congress to strengthen oversight on Pacific Islands affairs, specifically the $6.9 trillion being spent on what he called Pacific Islands engagement for the next few decades. Walsh wrote, quote, to ensure that American taxpayers are getting the highest return on these investments, members of Congress should resist rubber stamping this important request. Instead, congressional committees should take advantage of the opportunity to query whether the United States government is pursuing the right strategy for maintaining a strong and purposeful American role in the Pacific Islands region. Otherwise, the window of opportunity to course-correct American engagement in the Pacific Islands will severely narrow once this request is approved. Close quote. Just one perspective on the role the Biden administration is really playing in the Pacific. When faced with survival, What is the government of Guam's response? It is fair to say that Governor Leon Guerrero and her team has known about this particular proposal for well over a month. No public admonishment of her. Quite frankly, my contacts across the region and into the Beltway have noted that the relationship between Leon Guerrero and the Biden White House is not so great. She may have had better outcomes with former President Donald Trump. All the virtue signaling and lack of initiative is truly hurting Guam's effort to strengthen federal policies that could benefit Guam. Her team would argue that, but they would claim budget surpluses and the like. But we can thank former Guam delegate Mike Siniclis for that as he shepherded through the modern Medicaid legislation for Guam and the other territories 
that have placed that burden back on the federal treasury. Well, the Coconut Wireless is noting that the Leon Guerrero administration had briefed Congressman Jim Moylan on this particular issue when he came into office. In a statement on Facebook on April 25th, 2023, Congressman Moylan noted that, quote, while it is unfortunate that the Biden administration's 2024 budget submittal did not provide any reimbursements for communities who host migrants of the compacts of free association nations, the issue of seeking funding for equitable payments is far from over. Our office continues to work with various entities, including the office of the governor of Guam, to ensure that Guam is not left behind in this process. Close quote. But the same Leon Guerrero administration went out to D.C. earlier this year. In fact, several times and nothing. All quiet. Why, you ask? Well, let me go back. Survival. Other leaders of the region are taking that word seriously nowadays. Resources are getting scarce by the day. Is the Leon Guerrero administration and Guam Democrats living in the same place as many other island residents? It's hard to believe that they are. Entitlements do not lead to prosperity. Weed, meaning marijuana, has not led us to the cash promised land. The military commands on Guam are not the expressway either. Leaders in Guam need to recognize that our survival as a Pacific people lie in the balance. Congress is going to take a hard look at the compacts and see it from such a different lens. Many of them have never been here or can point to us on a map. The Biden administration action should have come with a similar action at home here in Guam. But what was the focus of Governor Leon Guerrero and her administration? Well, pay tax refunds, doubled the Guam mass transit fleet, name calling on a proposed hospital in Mingilao, pay raises for GovGuam employees, more tax refunds paid, Welcome our, welcomed our 4,000th H-2B workers when there are plenty of local people looking for work, more tax refunds paid, and touting getting rid of 5,000 abandoned vehicles. No mention of federal policy work. No mention of engagement with the Interior Department. Surely no mention of working with Congress for a policy correction. No mention of the impact of the policy to the general government coffers. That was until right before the premiere of this podcast. On April 26, 2023, the Guam Daily Post reported that Governor Leon Guerrero the previous day sent letters to the heads of the Department of Interior and the Department of State, in which she outlined her, quote, grave concern over the removal of the federal aid that for 20 years has at least partially funded impacts caused by migration out of the freely associated states into Guam and elsewhere. Governor Leon Guerrero noted, quote, while Guam remains supportive of a prosperous and mutually beneficial U.S.-FAS relationship, it is crucial to recognize that eliminating the $30 million appropriation would hinder the government of Guam's ability to maintain payments for our school lease obligations and other social services. Close quote. A stern message at least a month and a half after the budget submission. I asked my Guam friends to call Adeloup and demand more than a tardy response. Demand an answer to how they plan to pay for the compact impact costs when it does in fact go away. A surplus is fun to tout, 
bad policy that ignored that federal reality is a whole other story. Preparing for this podcast, I flash back to my time working for the office of the governor of Guam. This type of sleeping at the wheel of the federal policy bus would have been met with much more vitriol by residents, media, and political opponents alike. How should our leaders respond to survival? If we rely on these folks, toca. If they cannot do their job, they should resign. They are not serving the governor as well as they could, and she will take a hit. Folks need to care about the people that they serve, not the other way around. Whether we survive such a policy change, it remains to be seen. Survival. It must be our focus. Nothing else. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand. Featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.